Amen. Amen. As I said, this is the final number five in a series called Keys to the Kingdom, Discovering the Authority of the Believer. I hope that you've been encouraged and instructed as we've gone through this series together. And I've been anticipating, I I designed this series to where the final message would emphasize the power and the authority to bless. And up to this point, we've been talking about how that God gives us the keys of the kingdom, gives us that authority, and how we are to use that. But most of the emphasis has been on binding, has been on prohibiting, has been tackling uh, strongholds, resisting sin, those things. And today, we turn from somewhat uh, much more of a positive approach with this authority, which a lot of people never grasp and never consider. But God gives us the authority to bless, the power to bless people, the atmosphere, and our lives in general. So that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. So let me give you a little bit of a biblical framework, if I may, going uh, right to the scripture to Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn to there, you may, or on your devices, Hebrews chapter 11. And who knows what we typically call that chapter in the Bible, hmm? It's the chapter on faith. The whole chapter is about faith. And it starts out by telling us what faith is. And then it begins to give us this catalog and listing of men and women who were examples of faith throughout the Bible, right? So we skip down to the middle of that chapter in verse 20 and 21. And the scripture says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on top of his staff. When you get really old, you lean on the top of your staff. All right? That's what you do. Let me remind you of uh, one of the stories here. We were told here in Hebrews chapter 11, it picks out the life of both Uh, Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau, and also then Jacob extending a blessing to the children of Joseph. And uh, how many of you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? It's a great story from the Old Testament, and I'm not going to try to totally retell it, but uh, I did want to just mention a, a couple of the verses that are in Genesis chapter 27, where we see the story of how these sons were born uh, to their father Isaac, and in his old age, We know that uh, Jacob, as the deceiver, manipulator that he was, uh, put on a bit of a show and uh, took advantage of his father's uh, weakness of sight, and he stole the blessing that belonged to his brother. You remember the story? And for example, uh, the scripture says in verse 25, then he said, this is is, uh, Isaac saying this, my son... Bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Do you hear that? So he's offering to actually give a blessing to his son. And of course, uh, Jacob was uh, the one that was coming and getting the blessing. And then it says in verse 27, um, the father said, Isaac had said, come here, my son, kiss me. And so he went to him, he kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, because he had taken someone else's clothes, right? And it says, he blessed him and said, and then it gives us a blessing that he pronounced over him. And you can go and look at it 
yourself. And then it says in verse 30, after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. Of course, he was shocked by all this, right? He too prepared some tasty food, brought it to his father. And then he said to him, my father, uh, sit up, please eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. It seems like a blessing was something that was really highly valued. Sure. And his father Isaac then said, well, who are you? And then he said, I'm, I'm your firstborn Esau. And the scripture says that Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it that came in here just before you? And, um, and, and he said, uh, I blessed him. And because I blessed him, I spoke it, I pronounced it. And therefore he will be blessed. Uh, this is an interesting verse. Verse 34 says, When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. Do you hear this emotional, deep, emotional pain that he was expressing? And he said to his father, Bless me! Bless me! Me too, my father. And of course, based upon Hebrews 11, we see that he did it extend a blessing uh, on to Esau uh, uh, as well, but it was different from the firstborn blessing that came upon Jacob. Now, listen, there's a lot of scripture in Genesis concerning the life of Jacob. But out of all the things that Jacob did, uh, his experience of wrestling with the angel, uh, getting a new name, um, the vision of the ladder, bridging heaven and earth, all these things were vital and, and surely acts of faith in Jacob's life. But the one incident that was mentioned in Hebrews 11 was what? Passing the blessing. Isn't that amazing? I think this speaks to us of the importance of imparting a blessing. At the climax, the culmination of this man's life of faith, Isaac, he passed on the blessing that he experienced in his own life. Can you get the picture of it? Here's an, here we have even the example of uh, later of Jacob, who by this point has learned lots of lessons through all these things. He is leaning on a staff in his old age. He's now learned dependence on the Lord. He's no longer the schemer, the manipulator, the uh, schemer, deceiver. God had changed him. How many of all know God can change us all? Amen? So maybe you can identify with some of Jacob's early uh, tendencies. But God's a God that changes our character. And he grew this man up. Jacob changed his name. And now we see him in his old age leaning on a staff. And I love this verse because it says lean on a staff. And yet he's also worshiping God. Just total dependence on the Lord. And uh, under the prophetic unction of the Holy Spirit, he extends a blessing to Joseph's children. Giving blessings, pronouncing blessings is a privilege and it is a power that God gives us as New Testament believers. It is one of the keys of the kingdom of God. We also know in Scripture that another blessing that is well known is the one found in Numbers chapter 6. We call this the ironic blessing, not ironic, but ironic, all right? And uh, it is, uh, comes from the high priest Aaron. 
And it's very well known. It's used uh, particularly in Judaism. But as Christians, we're familiar with it as well. And it says this, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. How many of you have heard that before? I hope that maybe you've even utilized it before. This is a powerful statement of blessing. It is an example of the high priest extending blessings to others, but it also is connects to us because as New Testament believers, we're now called priests. And by the way, we take that leadership, high priest, ironic position in our homes and in the different arenas, the sectors that God gives us influence in. So I find that this is a wonderful example of what a blessing could be. And uh, a lot of people ask, they say, what's the big deal about this blessing business? You know, what's the big deal? And what I really want to help you to do is to answer that question today. By the way, as a, as a sidebar recommendation, if you've never seen the book or maybe it's of use to you, either for your own family or uh, your family's families, uh, there was a great book written by uh, Dr. Trent, John Trent, called The Blessing. It particularly relates to father-son, uh, kind of father-children blessings. But uh, it's a great book if you uh, want to check it out sometime. It's simply called The Blessing by Dr. Uh, John Trent and Gary Smalley uh, contributed as well. I believe that there is something to this concept of passing on blessings. Let me connect this concept back to the scripture that has been our cornerstone scripture for this whole series, which comes from the book of Matthew, and we know that uh, this part of the verse says what? I tell you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we've learned, I've told you repeatedly what those words mean, and today I want to shift my focus to the word loosed. We talk about binding this, prohibiting this, intervening this, and resisting that. Today I want to talk about what is that key that's too loose. Jesus said to us, to the disciples, he said, these are the keys of the kingdom. I'm giving to you the keys of the kingdom, bind and loose. I find that Christians today are a whole lot more, some don't do any of it, but uh, the ones that do take this verse seriously do a whole lot more binding than they do loosing. And there's nothing wrong with binding. And we've talked about our authority to do that. But I want to talk to you about what it means to loose some things. What does the word loose mean? It means to permit or it means to release, making the way for something to be possible. We are authorized to loose. This is a creative pronouncement and proclamation that God gives us the authority to do. And it's amazing that we have this and we need to learn how to use it. This literally is a prophetic proclamation that has to do with promise. The promise of God. Proclaiming the promise of good things to come to people's lives. And it is powerful in practical results. Now, let me just say this to you. There is, in Scripture, there are basically two different ways to release blessings. That's what these are. These are blessings that we need to learn to release, pronounce, and release. How do we convey blessings? 
Now, there's a lot of different ways we can bless people. We can, we can bless our children and family by instructing them in the Lord, right? Showing them how to live. Uh, we can bless people by kind deeds and good words of affirmation and encouragement. There's a lot of different ways we can kind of generally bless people. But biblically speaking, there are only two means to conveying blessing. Number one is through the power of touch with our hands. You say, really? Go back and read the verse of Scripture that talks about Jesus. Uh, the children were coming to Jesus, and it says, And Jesus touched the children and blessed them. Why was he touching them? Just to be nice? I believe there was more to it than that. I believe he was extending the blessing through the power of touch. We know from a study of the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 6 that tells us there's actually a teaching, a basic teaching of the church. It's called the laying on of hands. You don't hear a lot about it. It's a basic teaching of the church. And the laying on of hands is used in a number of different ways. We, we commission or ordain people for special ministry. Uh, we lay hands on the sick that they will recover. The idea is that when we touch and lay hands, when there's something on the inside of us, if there's nothing on the inside of you, you can lay hands and there's nothing happening, right? But there's something that's being conveyed that circulates through us. God can impart things through our hands. Jesus touched them, and as a result, they were blessed. We ought to learn to do that. I remember early in my uh, ministry calling, had a gentleman that was a regular guest at the church that I was attending, and uh, he was a member of the staff for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. His name was Joe Nay, and he had a very strong prophetic gift. And one evening in a service, he had an altar call, and he said, uh, he said, if you feel, really feel strongly that you want to operate more in the gift of prophecy, I want to lay hands on you, and I will expect God to impart something. I'm thinking, now that sounds, that sounds really cool. And uh, I had some sense of witness in my spirit that I should go and ask him to lay hands on me. I did, and that dear brother laid hands on me, and God just knocked my socks off. Now, this is back in 1973. That's a long time ago. He laid his hands on me, and from that moment, now, I'd been baptized in the Spirit and, and had prophesied a little bit, but from that moment, something different happened in me. Something was sparked, imparted, and I really believe God used him. It wasn't, you know, Joe's stuff. It was of God. But God used him to release a level of blessing. And since then, it's been quite a journey of watching God uh, use me in, in the gifts of the Spirit, but in, in particular in that arena. And I really, when I think back on it, I have to go back to that point of impartation. And he touched me, laid his hands on me, and imparted something. We can release blessing even through our touch. But I want to focus on the second part today. And that is that we release blessing through what? Through the power of our words. Through our words. And we'll talk about how to do that. But we're going to discover that words are, are the primary vehicle for pronouncing blessings on people 
situations and even the atmosphere that we live in. All right, so you ready to learn a little bit about this? I'm going to share with you three principles involved in releasing God's blessing. Remember, you're authorized, okay? You've been given the authority. The question isn't whether you have the keys. The question is, are you using them, right? So now what we want to do is to go a little deeper and understand some principles that govern this idea of blessing. Number one, you cannot give what you do not have. You can't give away what you haven't received. Now, this is a cool principle. I mean, it's very clear. I mean, it's simple, isn't it? But uh, I, I, love, I love the passage in Acts 3. Maybe, maybe you never read it this way. But the story of Peter and John and praying for the lame man. You remember what he said? He said, can I have some silver, some gold? Can you give me some alms? And Peter, stirred by the Spirit, turned around to him. And he said, what? Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have... I give it to you. Now, you just have to stop a minute and think about that. Because what he's saying is, I can't give you silver and gold. I don't have that. But I'm going to give you something that I have. You can't give away what you don't have. He had some. God had put something on the inside of Peter. Jesus had taught Peter, and he had received something from the Spirit of God. And so when he prayed for that lame man, he imparted something, didn't he? both with words and touch in that particular case. So you cannot give what you don't have. Now, I know some people tell me, uh, for example, having to do with kind of a father's blessing, uh, they're saying, well, I, I, I'm kind of hopeless because my dad didn't serve God or my dad was agnostic and, and he never really passed a blessing on to me, so I guess I'm kind of stuck. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because we have been adopted into the family of God. And you can skip right across that generational divide and you can allow God to bless you because Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says what? That you and I, as believers, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That pretty well covers it, doesn't it? Blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are wealthy because God, in Christ, we have already been blessed. So we need to remember that. The Bible says it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, Luke chapter 12. So this power of speaking blessings from God is based upon what? The fact that we've received something. So how do you apply that? Well, first of all, make sure you've given your life to Jesus Christ. You've sold out to him. You're radically pursuing him with all your heart. You're a follower of Jesus by faith and that you're walking by the word and seeking to obey him that you're full of the Holy Spirit, and as you do that, guess what? Now you've got something to give. Now there's something on the inside of you. Otherwise, you're laying empty hands on empty heads, usually. Uh, otherwise, you're, 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 you're speaking words, but they're just empty, powerless words. But if you're giving away what you have, something happens. There's transactions that will take place. Let's look at number two. You, first of all, Number one is what? You cannot give what you have not received. And number two is that giving the blessing requires faith. It requires faith. Just remember, pointed out that in that catalog of faith models that we have in Hebrews chapter 11, amazingly awesome chapter, we find that the simple thing of Jacob and Isaac's blessing their descendants 
and their family members is listed as an act of faith. Right along with all these other great feats, extraordinary acts, right there in the middle of it is what? We see Isaac's blessing on Jacob and Esau. Jacob's blessing on Joseph's sons. Now, do you think God included them in this list just out of a courtesy? Because he ran out of names? No, the Holy Spirit included them because God's trying to teach us something about giving away blessings. That when we do that, there has to be faith involved. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is what? Faith is believing that what God says is true. How many of you have heard or seen the bumper stick that says, God said it, that settles it, right? So our believing that, our faith in what God says, can be actually used to exercise this blessing. Blessings aren't like anything else we do. Pronouncing, giving away blessings. They, the best definition I can have really of this is it is the pronouncing of God's good that will come on another. Pronouncing or releasing a blessing is in essence proclaiming possibilities. I said proclaiming possibilities. Something that is now possible. It's really like a prophecy of favor. It is a prophetic pronouncement that we can make and speak into existence in the same way that we see God's word being created. Faith of the blesser. Your faith as the blesser, in this case, is important to receiving the result. I remember when our two sons were going through major crisis. And um, I won't retell the story. I've told it here before, but in short, for those of you that don't know, our sons, when they were in high school, we had relocated them from Texas to Virginia and all kinds of travel and upheaval and change in their life. And they basically, from the time, almost the time that they got here, dove into a series uh, a season of rebellion against us and against God. What long before they were co- totally caught up in party scene and drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stuff, totally abandoning the all the principles that they've been taught uh, growing up. And out of that time of rebellion, I mean, it was bad. I mean, they were doing drugs, selling drugs, just about everything you could do. Um, our son Aaron, our oldest son, ended up in prison for six months. I mean, it was bad. And um, we went through, <laughs> you can just imagine as parents what we were going through. But I remember after sometimes that they would come home after having broken curfew and many times in a drunken stupor. They'd come home and go to their bed. And I'd get up an hour or so later and go into their bedroom and just reach out my hand and start speaking blessings. I began to speak the promises that God had given to me. That my generation shall be great on the face of the earth. My seed will not fail. 
sin will not hold them down. I just began to speak blessings and blessings. I did that repeatedly for three and a half years. Those boys ran hard, James, against God. And the Lord turned it around. And, you know, brought them out of it and came to repentance and wanted to get their lives back right with God. And, and uh, that's been many years ago now. But I, I'm just illustrating to you the power of blessing. Now, you say, well, what would have happened if you hadn't done that? I don't know. What would have happened? I, I trust that God would have still done something. But I, I know that, that those words were making a difference in those boys' life because I was desperate and we needed, uh, we needed breakthroughs. So those were words of faith. There's a third principle I want you to be familiar with. This gets really into the realm of application. That is, giving a blessing requires us to use words. Now, I've tried to teach this principle while we've been dealing with our authority as believers, but many Christians want to play the silent game in their Christianity. They just want to, you know, when they pray, they want to pray silent prayers. They, you know, uh, when they resist sin, they do it silently. Uh, you know, that just doesn't work. I don't know how else to say it to you. It's just not the, it's not the way to do it. You've got to read the instruction manual. Okay? And the instruction manual tells me this in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now watch this. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Love what? This is obviously speaking about the positive side of choosing life. In other words, if you understand the principle that either death or life is results from what I say, my words produce. And if you choose the, the life side of it, you begin to enjoy the fruit of it. It has results. Choosing words that speak and create life and blessing is preferable to cursing, condemning, judging. I think if we spent more time, if we sp spent more time blessing our nation than criticizing and complaining about everything, I think our nation might just turn around quicker. What do you think? Huh? Use your words to bless. People, there's, I mean, there's a lot of scripture that I could use to illustrate to you the power of our words. In fact, did you know that the very earth that we are sitting on was created the creation was created how through god's spoken word he created it out of nothing but what did he use to create it he didn't the bible doesn't say he waved his hand and the earth was created does it he did what he spoke his words do you think maybe that that you know Rule of first incidents in the scripture in Genesis there with God creating with words. Do you think maybe that's some principle that God was interested in us, us picking up on? Our words matter. A spoken blessing is a positive biblical statement that invokes the blessing of God in the life of another. I think it's extremely powerful when we speak, and it needs to be spoken based upon Scripture. So the more you know the mind and the will of God, because the Word of God is the revealed will of God. 
So if we know the will of God, I, I, I knew what the will of God was regarding my sons. So that's what I was speaking over them. I said, they'll not depart from the truth. Lord, you'll never forsake them. Right? So, so I was speaking what the word of God promised over their life. So use a biblical knowledge to know how to speak and pronounce blessings. So you can speak and release joy and love and hope and a, a, a destiny that's locked up in, in the heart of God for people. Uh, our words are so, so vital in doing that. I'll give you a couple more illustrations in a moment. May I just remind you in, in James chapter 3, which we all know is a chapter that deals with what? The power of the tongue, right? The whole chapter. And there's an interesting verse there that says that from the same source, from, um, from the same uh, medium of your mouth, your tongue, come both blessings and curses, both coming from the same mouth. Right. <laughs> That's kind of weird, isn't it? Both can come out of the same mouth. But both have power. And so what we have to learn to do is learn that our words are, the best way I like to put it is, your words like a container, like a cup. And the question is, what do you put in the cup? A cup, you could, you could give a cup of, of great coffee to someone and they'd be very pleased. Or you could give them a cup of poison. Or yucky coffee like the kind that I would make. Huh? <laughs> Steve, you would never even try to drink whatever coffee I might brew. I knew you wouldn't. My point is, is that you use the same cup. Right? But have different stuff in it. Your words are like containers. They contain something. So it means what's the intent behind your words and what are you speaking with your words when you're talking about releasing a blessing into people's lives you need to consider the fact that it is accomplished through your words fathers mothers you can bless your children bless your family siblings you can bless your brothers and sisters leaders in the church you can bless those that follow Mature Christians, bless those that are new in Christ. One another. We need to bless one another. You say, why should I do that? Because your blessings can make a difference. Here's what they can affect. You can literally change the atmosphere of a room by your words. By releasing a blessing in a room. I've walked into rooms that I could literally feel heaviness, confusion, conflict, and just literally walked in and just said, in Jesus' name, I bless this room with peace. I bind, and by the way, binding and loosing work well together. I bind the spirit of conflict and confusion, and I release, I loose peace. Love. I release love to come into this room. You can change the atmosphere. I've walked in some very... Um, uh, um, combative atmospheres in ministry situations and found that I could change the atmosphere that I'm walking into by simply walking in, taking authority, using my keys, and not only binding, but also loosing. Some of you need to do that in your own house. 
Some of you need to do that on the job. Because why? Your words, your blessings that you release can affect the atmosphere. Number two, they affect people. You can bless people with your words. Have you noticed by chance that we make it a practice at the close of our service to always speak a blessing? That's not accidental. We plan it that way. And we say something like this, I bless you today with the peace of God. I bless you today with prosperity, with whatever you do, that God is leading and guiding you and, and, and helping you and assisting you. I bless you today with the love of God, with the protection of Jesus. What are, you, what are we doing? We're speaking things out of faith that should have an effect on you. That's purposeful. Our blessings that we extend can literally change someone's destiny. It can change someone's life direction. So I encourage you, be a blesser. Be someone that recognizes that we have the keys to the kingdom, and they include loosing. Pronouncing a blessing that literally is a prophetic declaration of possibility of the good that God desires for someone else. So, wives whose husbands aren't quite living up to your expectation, I know it's tempting to just read off a litany of failures. Try blessing them. Husbands, say, my wife just died. You know, I've heard it thousands of times. Ah, da 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 one of my common words of counsel to married marriages, one of the first things they usually tell in any marriage counseling situation is, I want you to leave next week, and when we come back, we'll meet again. I want you to bring a list with me of the great things that you see in your spouse. Well, now they've been focusing on the other stuff, right? So now I've asked for them to turn it around and to make a list of all the, the, the assets, the benefits, the blessings. And usually I, they come back and they go, you know, I kind of forgot about some of this stuff. How about let's start speaking about the blessing of our spouse. Speak blessing on your children. And say, they never obey me. How about saying, I release obedience into my house. A whole lot better than that. They just never obey. Let's turn it around. People who don't know Jesus, you can bless them. I bless them with an awareness of the Holy Spirit. I bless them with a knowledge of that God's word is true. See what I'm saying? So start being one who blesses. Would you stand to your feet? Hope you got something out of this this morning. And it's been a joy to speak on the subject. And we pray that great fruit will come from us using, utilizing the keys of the kingdom. Amen? Chris is going to come. He is going to close our service out and uh, I want our prayer teams that are assigned to come and minister if they come on now and stand here at the front available to minister and pray now they're all motivated to bless now aren't they they're coming up ready and uh, Chris will call you to follow after the Lord in an area and then he'll speak a blessing over your life amen thank you Pastor Bobby that is a good word. I would like to really encourage everybody. Um, 
you know, they put the messages out on the website, on the church's website. I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to this one again. There's going to be very few things that you're going to find that can have the same kind of impact in your life as the power to bless and the power to be a blessing and the power to receive blessings, to be a conduit that it flows through into other people's lives. But one of the things Pastor talked about today was you can't give what you don't have. And I want to make sure that we take a minute to talk about where you are today with Jesus, where you are today with the Word, where you are with obedience to God's Word or maybe the things that He's asked you to do where you are with your spouse or your children or your parents and ask you just to take a minute and do a little inventory. Look inside real deep. If everybody will bow your heads for just a minute. It's interesting, one of the words that Pastor used in the message today was authorized. I don't know if you caught that. When he was talking about you're authorized to give a blessing. Well, we all know that God's love is unconditional. Right? I don't think any of us really question that. Does God love everybody? Well, sure he does. Even bad people. But everyone, the, the, the unconditional nature of his love, though, does require that you meet a condition. And the condition is that you receive it. Because he's not a bulldozer. He's not going to run over you like a you know, horse trying to get out of the gate. He's not going to just run you over with it. Romans 5, 17 says, much more they which receive, and mark that word in your mind right now, mark that in your spirit, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So if you have an area in your life, maybe it's your life as a whole, maybe you understand God's unconditional love, but you have not yet given your life unconditionally to him. I mean, maybe you've come to the altar, or maybe you've had a quiet prayer with him in your bedroom, but, but you haven't given him that whole unconditional thing, which is your will and your self. Maybe that's it for you today. Maybe today's your day. Maybe that's why you're here today. Or if there's some other area in your life that you know he's been prodding you, An area that he wants to clean up a little bit, a relationship. We have people up front that will pray with you. But if this touches you somewhere, if you feel the Holy Spirit moving you somewhere, can you raise your hand for me real quick? I see those hands. Look up at me real quick. If that's you, look at me. Today's your day. Today is your day. If you want to come on up and pray with someone right now, pastor talked about the power of touch. They want to touch you. They want to pray with you. They want to impart God's presence and God's favor into your life. Come on up if you want to right now. You don't have to wait. Nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed of. Or if you want to wait till after, that's okay. But by all means, let's make sure that we are receiving that unconditional love, that we're receiving those blessings that he wants to send into our life, that we're receiving his word so that it can accomplish the thing that he wants it to accomplish. I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the people that raised their hands today. 
Lord, I'm prompted that there are people that didn't raise their hand that needed to. If that's you, I just don't want you, I just really want you to really think about the fact that God is in fact speaking to you. It's not just something that we dreamed up. God is speaking to you, and you should come forward after the prayer. So, Lord, we just thank you for this, and I thank you for the lives that you're touching. I thank you for the blessing that you're bringing, and I thank you that this is a new day, a new day of hope and restoration in Jesus' name. Now, let me bless you. So much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So based on this scripture, as you go this week, may his presence go before you and prepare the way. May his presence fill your heart and your mind with peace that passes all understanding. May his presence be with you in your home, in your family, in your work, and in the marketplace. And may you receive personally and deeply the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that he provides so that you can reign in life. In Jesus' name, amen.